Hey, Matt. Hey, Ryan. I am trying to break your heart. What? And you should listen to this. You should listen to this. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. We're back at it again. We are. It's a very familiar scene. Like, we recorded the Talking Heads album, like, right before we went to a concert. So, it's like... Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a stage view. At least, like you know, the weather outside's a little bit better. So it's a little bit well, it's a little bit better. It's also a little colder, but it's at least uh, yeah, it's a wee bit nipply, wee bit nipply. Um, but hey, yeah. it's a good time to stay inside and talk about some uh, freaking woke up. Yeah, man. So this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the biggest album from. Wilco, Wilco, called uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Yes. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, I have no idea. The yeah. only fan theory I heard, man, was, like, it, I don't know what the actual pro- proper terminology, but it, like, you know, like, military, like, you know. Yeah. Um, so the initials are YHF. Uh-huh. Like, a fan theory is speculating that oh Yoki, Yoko Yoko Yankee Hotel Foxtrot wow um, I'm trying to break my own heart here <laughs> Yankee Hotel Foxtrot like it stands for you have failed interesting yeah yeah so for those of you who are like what is a Wilco um, well I don't know why you click onto this podcast, but I, I'm glad that you uh, you at least enjoy hearing us talk about bands and music and such. But yeah. Wilco, without going too much into it, they are a, um, I would like to call them, I don't want to say an indie rock band because that's just... I would. You would? Yeah, I would. <laughs> uh, I would uh, maybe throw the label on them like alt country. Alt, okay. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, they're an old country band that has been going for a while now. This specific album that we're going to be talking about was released technically in 2002, but it was in the age of, like, internet leaks, so, like, technically it came out, like, late 2001. Yeah. Yeah, around, like, a little bit after, like, September 11th. Yes. Yeah, so the... (laughs) The 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 messages and the lyrical themes in this uh, album with like you know songs like "Ashes of the American Flag" yeah. and like you know imagery of like skyscrapers scraping, mm-hmm. like the band was actually kind of pretty much freaked out, like like because they recorded everything before nine eleven. So for and them, then they just were like, oh. Maybe we shouldn't release this right away. Yeah, pretty much, man. I, I found that to be a very interesting tidbit, man. That is very interesting, and I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. Especially considering how a lot of it seems... I wouldn't say anti-patriotic, but it's definitely critical of um, American life in some aspects. But it also celebrates American life in others. So, what is your history with this band before we uh, uh, dive into the record? I know of them. I know they exist. I knew this album existed. And that's it. Mine is maybe, like, a a hair more. Okay. 
I am. I was familiar with the opening track off this album. Okay. And I've listened to Jesus etc. before, and the uh, I've listened to like a maybe like one other local album. And I think I've like listened to this specific album before, but never with the intent of like listening in and dissecting it and like you know putting it on repeat. Gotcha. So like. If your knowledge of Wilco is at a one right now, like, consider mine to be, like, a two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I, I at least, you know, recognize, hey, this is a Wilco. I will say, uh, I, I knew only of this out before I got here today. Yeah. A little peek behind the curtain. And it was interesting to see the, um, the live performance that you had on of them, which is a lot more closer to what you're describing, alt-country, because... What it revealed to me very quickly is how different their live sound is compared to what the sound is on this record. Yeah, the the sound on this record, the production elements, it's it's kind of muted, eh? It's a little muted, and it's also very dense, I would say is the word I would use, dense. Mm -hmm. And I'm surprised that you wouldn't refer to this as indie rock. Because I feel there's a lot of elements in it. I, I guess indie rock is a little too oh, cliche of a term. I would probably even say it's closer to art rock in a sense, too. I, I can see that, man. Like, the only reason why I did not say that it was indie rock is it's, uh, I don't know, like, it's like calling every pop punk band that. Uh, broke whenever we were uh, growing up and going through high school, like an emo band. Yes, but on that note, that you be, you made me bring up a good point. Yeah, or you're gonna make me bring up a good point. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um. So one thing you have to consider in context. Yeah. This album was released, like you said, in 2002. Yeah. Now, what was popular in rock around this time? If I'm not mistaken, I would say probably. Uh, mainly indie rock with a blend of like you know garage rock revival with like the white stripes and the hives and the yeah yeah yeahs and then like you know maybe just indie rock as a whole you're forgetting the other one what the uh, dastardly bastard known as new metal oh yeah I, I think I just, you know, maybe... Tune that out. Maybe carve that part of my brain out. <laughs> that That's fair. Yeah. That's fair, but I think that does add context to what this album did at the time of its release. And I think, um, not not to detract from the album at all, Yeah. but I think that may have given it a little bit of a boost. Yeah. Because people have been who have been listening to the likes of Lip Biscuit and... Um, you know, bands, even to an extent like Lincoln Park, in a sense, who was better, yeah. but it was still very much in the sense of going to the extreme of, you know, hardcore, and you know, we're going to mix metal with rap, and it's going to sound atonal, <laughs> you know, and we like corn, and if you like any of those bands, no offense, but <laughs> at the same time, those who did not like those bands, and were pining for the days where rock had a little bit more of a touch of uh, intellect to it or artsiness for them this album had to have been a revelation like oh they can make albums like this that's an excellent like you know way to introduce the album man you want to get you want to get into it let's get into it 
So, the opening track, I am trying to break your heart. I'm going to let Matt lead this one off, because I'm curious to hear what he has to say about this song. I have to say this particular song is an interesting album opener. Yeah. It's very... I was talking about how the sound of this album is dense, and this is very much right out of the gate the case. Yeah. My first thought listening to this is like, oh, these guys have listened to some art rock in their past. They've listened to, like, the White Album. They've probably listened to, like, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, and I know those are cliche to say, but at the same time, for 2002, that's pretty much all you had. Mm-hmm. And nobody was making music like that at the time. Yeah. Um, another thing I noticed is the vocal production on this track is quite muffled. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> I would even say, like, towards, like, the latter part of the album, man, like, that actually kind of hurts the album a little bit. And, like, just the, just my feelings about the album. Okay. Yeah. I, I'll pinpoint the exact songs that I'm talking about. The one, the only muffled part that I can really think about that really gets a little rough is, like, at the very end, the last verse. But, yeah, personally, I don't have any problems with the vocal production on this one. I, I will say that, I, at first, I was kind of like, Wanting a little bit more, but on second listen, because I've listened to this album twice. Mm-hmm. Um, on second listen, I understood at least the context of which they were going for, at least the aesthetic that they were going for. Because again, this was released at a time when nobody was doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think to have those muffled vocals, and certainly in a song that talks about heartbreak and feeling confused. I think is a nice touch. Now, I agree with you that on other tracks, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It does not work, and we'll get to that. But I think on this track, it does add ambiance to it, even if I can't really understand what he's saying. So, for those of you who are wanting to know, and I'm pretty sure you're going to be like, tell me what what Jeff Tweedy's talking about. There's a few lines I do remember. Oh, yeah. The way that I've been, like, you know, reviewing the, like, you know, reviewing albums the, that we're, we're talking about, man, mm-hmm. is I literally put on headphones, dissect, comb through, section by section. And, oh, yeah. like, the way that you do it is it, it places the dynamics. It makes us, like, you know, an excellent, like, you know, team here. Because, like, <laughs> when you really think about it, that, that, that's how people listen to music. Like, it's either you dissect it, or you just listen to it. Right. So, um, so, yeah. Well, well, like, you did an excellent way to introduce, you, you, um, you, you did an excellent way to, like, you know, introduce the, al- the, the song of the album. Well, my brain's a little scattered. Well, it's the song the that introduces the album, so. True, true. Yeah, uh, too far off. <laughs> but, it's it is kind of a weird like you know freeform opening with the band mm-hmm. and th- I do love the scattered like you know drum part how it like you know builds the first verse there's a line called uh well it goes like I am an American uh I am an American aquarium drinker it- <laughs> 
So, <laughs> beg pardon. That line is referencing that <clears throat> uh, it's essentially giving a nod to alcoholism. Uh, like, hey, like you know, I can drink so much that I can literally drink an aquarium. Gotcha. And the next line is, "I am an assassin driving down the avenue." He's drunk driving at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, the first, like, you know, elements that are introduced are just like this, like, hey, like, I'm essentially kind of a broken man, and I'm a drunk who drinks, like, aquariums worth of Bud Light. Not a sponsor. (laughs) Right. And even openly admitting to, like, drunk driving in America, like, the way that I kind of took, like, that opening... I mean, we're all adults here. Like, right. we've all have have had hangovers before. Like, yes, we have. This this is Jeff Tweedy waking up from a hangover. Like, he, you know, starts slumbering out and like you know just starts shaking things loose from the night before. And then whenever he gets into like his first verse, like mm-hmm. um, that's him, like you know, getting a stream of consciousness. What's your thoughts on that? That's an interesting theory. Yeah. It's an interesting theory, and it definitely adds to the theory that I have about this album, mm-hmm. which we'll kind of get into later on down the line. Yeah. Because I don't think this album really tells a story, but I feel like there is a linear progression of thought and feeling that pervades the album. It, it does, it, it plays out like a story, but it doesn't really, it really explain itself like a story if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I get that, man. It's not as, like, straightforward as, like, uh, American Idiot by Green Day or, like, you know, Tommy's The Who. Right, or yeah. for the first time, for that matter. Yeah, true, true. What a good record, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't listened, check that episode out. <laughs> so, second verse um, that he's talking about, uh, if I remember the lyric correctly, he's talking about, hey, let's forget about all the tongue-tied uh, lightning, and, and like the, the verse is basically about like, hey, let's just forget about the arguments and let's just make love. Hmm. So, and then from there, the piano work between the second and the third verse, it's pretty nice. You remember yeah. that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of piano on this album. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it adds a. It, there's a lot of good instrumentation that I can really get dig. I I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And then. The third verse, let me actually do some justice here and try to pick up the lyrics. Or are we getting the the football line yet? That's the one that was like, what is he talking about? Um, No, not yet. Not yet. Okay. (laughs) And for those of you who are like, Ryan, please stop deep diving every single lyric. This is the only song out of the album that I'm going to, you know, immensely deep dive the lyric lyrics because there's a lot of lyrics in this opening song yeah yeah so the third verse is i want to glide through those brown eyes dreaming and there's a couple other spots it's talking about like how he wants to get into his lover's mind and figure out um what her hopes and dreams are yeah and like from here like i love how and this goes this gives way to my theory about this is him waking up from a hangover because Things start as the song progresses. It gets more tighter and tighter with the drums and the instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth verse, I think this is the one that you're talking about, with like football. Let me see here. 
Um, yeah, yeah. So the line is, take off your Band-Aid because I don't believe in touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Would you like to deep dive that a little bit? Because I have no idea what that means. So... If I can remember correctly, the way that I thought about that specific lyric is just, this is about relationships and not keeping score and just being open. So take off your band-aid. So leave open any protect, like any, any wounds, like, you know, leave them open for like, you know, the world to see. And because I don't believe in touchdowns. So don't wear your scars like a victory. Yeah. And don't like, like, Jeff Tweedy, in, in regards to love, doesn't believe in keeping score. Gotcha. So, yeah. Excellent lyric, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then, fifth verse goes on about how he always thought if, like, he held her tightly, that she'd love him like she she did back then. So just trying to hold on to, like, you know... Yeah. Trying to make things work that aren't clearly working. And this is the part of the song where things start to become a little bit more clear for me as to what this song's about and the feeling that he is transcribing. His, he feels like they're... And this is the kind of stuff, too, which, you know, going back to the comparisons with, like, new Metal and stuff, Yeah, a lot of that stuff, whether it was new Metal or even the pop scene at the time or the rap game at the time... All of it was very confidently cocky. A lot of it was guys saying, you know, I'm here, I'm cool, awesome. Yeah. And really, again, I think Linkin Park was the only band at that time in that category that had any sort of regret about what it was, you know, presenting itself as. Mm-hmm. Like, it was presenting itself as, you know, sad and... Um, Frustrated, but at least it was clearly frustrated. This isn't clear at all. Man. Like, this is very poetic. This is very tongue-in-cheek. Um, and again, it does require a lot of introspection as to figure out what the hell he's saying, but mm-hmm. that's that's the point. Because when, when you're dealing with breakup and regret on that level, particularly one that's been um, drowned in alcohol or whatever substances that he may be referring to... Uh-huh. It's going to feel confusing. It's going to feel real confusing. You're going to have a lot of arguments with yourself and going back to the past. So, yeah, I think the, the mood aesthetically on this track is conveyed perfectly in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I, I think the track's fine, but it's not one I would like give repeated listens to because it's just a little bit, uh, again, with, with the vocals being where they are and just the... General right. flow being a little, uh, yeah, yeah. I I can understand this. I, like, it's not everybody's uh, warm bowl of soup. So no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, but I will it, say, it, at least for for uh, from a subjective basis, not my favorite, but from an objective basis, I think it does open the album very well. Yeah, and just wrapping up the last little parts of the uh, song here. Yeah. And for those of you who are like, what's that noise in the background? My dog is like right next to me <laughs> on the couch. You might have heard like a moan or anything I like that. Or the jingling of... Yeah. So yeah. so after the fifth verse that I, I, I discussed, um, this is where the lyric comes on, I am trying to break your heart. And I love how like, you know, the drum, drums drop out and it's just like, you know, it focuses in on that lyric. Mm-hmm. And... And... 
the, the whole I'm trying to break your heart could be a combination of <sighs> Jeff Tweedy realizing what he's doing to his, his partner at yeah. the time by trying to force her into the relationship. And that, that's the that's the theory that I'm, I'm sticking with. Okay. And because I have an alternate theory, actually. What's that theory? About the, about the entire song and that line in particular. Yeah. Because you mentioned that the, the opening lines are about him... Uh, admitting to drinking and driving. Mm-hmm. Part of me wants to think that this is, this is actually taking place while that is happening. Oh, okay. That he is trying to, you know, he, he's just getting off of a breakup. Yeah. And he's just letting it all loose. He's not giving a single damn about anything. Yeah. And he is just fighting with himself, fighting with, you know, having... Looking at both sides from his own perspective, which is weird, but trust me. Um, and this is him trying to break her heart. Like he's he might do something very brash here, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I yeah. Um, that could be that's that's a very valid theory, man. Like, yeah. man, what a good opening song, man. It is, it's a good opening song. Again. Um, a, I, what, do I listen to it repeatedly? No, but for for what it is on the album, it it, it does exactly what it needs to do. All right, so wrapping it up because I feel like we spent like what fifteen twenty minutes on this song already, something like that. Yeah, it, but to be fair, the song's ten minutes long. Is it? It's, it's, it, it, it's about I think it's about seven, but still rounding up, man. <laughs> seven or ten? Seven or ten? Yeah. Uh, this day and age. So after this, this is where like. The production elements and just the last verse that is a complete train of thought. It it almost seems like he's drowning and like he's not as like forefront with the vocals. Mm. And so the first verse is uh, Jeff Tweedy talking about I'm an American aquarium drinker. In this last verse, he's talking about drinking from Dixie cups. So, like, I, I love that clever nod. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what that means. It might be him trying to, like, you know, admitting that he's trying to get better and not, like, you Could know, be. trying to, like, you know, harm himself nearly as much. Right. Um, but he still talks about being an assassin driving down the avenue. Hmm. So maybe it could be, like, a dual element of, like, hey, I'm trying to get better, but I know who I am. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's solid. And at the very end, like, it's just a very thick outro with, like, dense instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And the only thing, the last line being that you can hear in the song is, I'm the man who loves you. Mm. And that's a wink-wink, nudge-nudge to the uh, rest of the album, because there's uh, one particular song, this particular, wow, particular song, <laughs> <laughs> that... Uh, is literally called that. So yeah. All right. So that is the end of I'm trying to break your heart. We only spent maybe around 15 minutes on that. Yeah, just just 15 minutes. Yeah. No big deal. But to be fair, there is a lot. There is a lot to go over yeah. there. So moving on to the second song on the album, which is uh, Camera. All right. Now this song is very different. Completely different. <laughs> Well, maybe not completely different, but, like, if I'm trying to break your heart is a 
uh, T-bone steak. This is a cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, I wouldn't say it's a particularly good cheeseburger, though. Oh. So here, here's the thing. I don't think the track is bad. I don't think it's unlistenable. Yeah. I do like the... It's tough, because on the one hand, I do think there's a nice contrast between the simplicity of the backing track here yeah. and what we heard on I Am Trying to Break Your Heart. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about how the confused vocals mixed with the um, dense sound makes sense. Here the vocals sound pretty much the same, mm-hmm. but it's presented with this plain sort of happy-go-lucky, bright sort of back to it. Yeah. And it doesn't, it just, kind of just doesn't work for me. Like, it sounds nice, yeah. but it also sounds like something's wrong with the microphone. Like, it, it, it made more sense whenever it was done with all this murkiness beneath it. But when it's presented as... I, I mean, maybe there was a point to have it contrast on purpose hmm. just to present... Um, and, and even then, we're talking about this album as a story. You know, maybe this is just having him having a recollection from the last song and trying to think happier thoughts. So it might work aesthetically like that, but on its own, again, it, it just feels like contrasting too much there is one uh, very particular transition that um, I'll point out whenever it happens in terms of like, the album and track flow that yeah. I can 100% understand your feelings for um, that you're having between like this this song and the last song it's okay you're not allowed to like it as a standalone track because <laughs> I feel like you're trying to justify your hatred at that uh, at, I, I, again, I don't hate it but I would probably say it, it just it doesn't do anything for me it, it it feels again. It's presented as sort of this conventional contrast to the unconventional first track. Yeah. But the but when you do that, the unconventional of the vocal sound is it it it, it just sounds amateurish. It just sounds you know like something. And again, it doesn't. It's you didn't have to do this, obviously. They made this record. It was very successful. So what do yeah. I know? Yeah. But for me personally, as a listener, again, it just feels a little off. Keep in mind, like I, I don't believe Camera is like a notable, like you know, track from them. Right. Like, like pinpointing like from the research I was able to do because I feel like uh, throughout like all of our episodes so far, this has been the one I've done the most research for. I oh, even okay. I even listened to a podcast about this album. Oh, my. I know. Like, holy cow. <laughs> You're cheating on us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, completely, completely see your points on it. I would say I actually like the song. Okay. Like, even, like, as a nice standalone song, like, it's a nice, straightforward song. It knows what it's doing. And, like, it does do some elements pretty basically. And there's, like, parts where, like, there's, like, a nice instrumental break after the second verse. And, like, I... It's funny. Like, um, when we went to that boxing concert, you were like, man, I hope we have an episode soon where we disagree. And here we are. This might be the episode. Uh, 
we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But I like, do disagree on this track more than anything else, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, I feel like it is a nice change of pace from the the thickness of the last song. I, I agree that it, it, it feels like a nice change of pace. Yeah. But it, it just, again, because it's it doesn't fully change the pace and, I don't know, I, I might be reading way too much into the production on here, but it does just, again, it feels like it's it, the, the vocals are too murky for this bright contrast. Yeah. But even, like, reading it too much into the production, that's who you are as a person. You literally are this a radio host. So that's well, what, well, I was a radio host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, this is your bread and butter. Like, Yeah. Yeah, so, like, that's what you gravitate towards. So. That's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, and the overall, like, you know, themes about the song are basically about, like, you know, trying to find... Uh, truth in the world in an honest way and looking through a lens of a camera like you know trying to see the truth and then just end up just smashing the camera like you know just trying to find your own way like in terms of like an amazing deep dive compared to like how I did with I'm trying to break your heart there's not much there there really isn't and I'm kind of glad that you 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 say that because the one final point I'll make about the vocals is that if they were just murky, I probably wouldn't mind so much because that's like, oh, that's an aesthetic choice. Yeah. But I cannot understand. Like, if you're listening to this on a computer and you have the lyrics in front of you, which I'm sure you probably did while you were listening to the album, yeah. I was listening to it while I was driving. And so the I just decided, okay, when I, when I listen to an album, I, a lot of times I won't look at the lyrics while I'm doing it. Yeah. I'll just take it in as it is. Yeah. And sometimes I'll be able to understand what the guy or the girl or whoever is singing or playing and just be like, oh, okay, so that's what they're talking about. But I just couldn't do that with this, this track. It, I, it's one thing to be murky, but it's another for me to be incomprehensible. And I think that's what turned me off about the vocals the most. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely go um, with that. I would be, I might do like a uh, experiment. Um, after we like you know like in the next couple of days like yeah. actually listen to a Wilco album, but don't have the lyrics in front of me. All right, it, like not even like a modern Wilco album. Like maybe do like the next one after this okay. or the one before, just to see if like you know, just to see if my opinion would change a little bit. Gotcha. Um, but are you ready to move on to Radio Cure? Yes. All right. So Radio Cure. I would say out of the three songs so far, this is my least favorite. It's 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 not high up for me either. Yeah. Although it, it is fascinating for this reason. Um, we were talking about how the last track was very bright underneath, but I was saying that the vocals were incomprehensible. This is the con- contrast of that. <laughs> because now I, it, the, the vocals are a lot clearer on this song. But the production goes right back to being very dense and almost disorganized, which um, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, maybe not disorganized, but very um, unstructured. Let's put it that way. Yeah. When I initially was, like, you know, notating the crap out of this uh, song, you're talking about, like, you know, the, um, just the overall aspects of the song. I would say, like, out of the whole album, the, like, even, like, um, this is probably, again, probably my least favorite song. And it's because, 
out of the opening songs or on the album as, as a whole? Even, like, you know, expanding it throughout the whole album. Like, okay. this is my least favorite. And it's basically because, like, you know, I forget what the song was off the Neil Young album that we just reviewed in our last episode that I didn't really care for. Uh, is it the title track? Everybody knows this is nowhere. No, no, or no. No, it was um. Was there, there seven songs? Oh, uh, round and round. Round and round. Yeah, yeah. This like my thoughts about round and round are basically what I feel about this. Like, yes, there's parts towards the end where like it kind of changes up and it makes it a little nicer, but this song just drags for the first little bit, man. Like, yeah, like. There's a song later on where it's another slower song, but it does it much better and it doesn't drag. Right. So, but like up until the point that he's talking about um, distance has no way of making love understandable. Like I, I was just bored out of my mind, man. Like, <laughs> like no, no, no slam to Jeff Tweedy or anything like that. But he like that first part does not carry it at all, man. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I I was probably more bored by this track than anything. Yeah. And I I was starting to on my first listen. This is the part where I started to have doubts about whether I was going to like this album as a whole or not. Mm-hmm. Because in the first three tracks, I was thinking, okay, vocals are a little murky, but it's kind of artsy. I get it. Okay, second one's got murky vocals, but it's trying to be bright. I don't get it. And then this one just kind of, you know, goes back into the murk. And, you know, it's it's respectable, but it wasn't pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Ready to move on? Yes. War on war. Now this one. War on war. War on war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what are your thoughts about this song, man? I like it, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I like this song, um, and again, I think this is maybe where th- this sounds aesthetically and sonically to me how camera should have sounded. Okay, yeah. I feel like the, uh, the vocals are a little brighter, and the track is just about as bright, and I understand lyrically it's not a masterpiece or very uh, deep, Yeah, but it, it does what it needs to do, and... Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a nice simple little track, and I dig it. You, you talk about like how like there, there's not a, a lyrical masterpiece, and it's not too deep, but there's a lyric in there that is perhaps my favorite throughout the whole freaking album. Yeah, and the lyric is, "You have to learn how to die if you want to be alive." Yeah, and you like in I'm trying to break your heart. You were talking about like how Jeff Tweedy was just being very open and honest and like you know not being very sure of himself the idea of like you have to learn how to you have to learn how to die if you want to be alive it's basically saying like dude you gotta learn how to make mistakes if you want to live like yeah you have to learn how to hit rock bottom if you want to climb back out yeah so, which which I agree, and I, and I do think that is a great line. Yeah, um, but it's not necessarily one that's like, "Ooh, what's he saying?" You know exactly what he's saying, and, yeah. it's, and it's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, there's even moments like towards the la- later uh, half of the album where Jeff Tweedy pulls back 
on like you know the mysticism and the artistic elements of like his lyricism yeah. and he just it's super straightforward and he nails it dude oh yeah um but yeah i mean there's not much uh, to say about war and war i mean it's a pretty straightforward song it's a better improved version of camera like you said mm-hmm. and I, I feel like at first when I heard war on war, war on war, I'm like, okay, come on, I get it. But like, even through repeated listens, the song grew on me. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, like, the band just does an excellent job jamming with the, just the whole song and just the effects of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, so far I would say, I'm trying to break your heart. Then War on War are my two top songs out of this album. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll probably say the same. Up, up until this point. Up so. until this point, yeah. yeah. So, ready to move on to <laughs> the nice warm bowl of soup that is Jesus, etc. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. I, I, I don't, I, I agree, I, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's quite like if this song had come on after Radio Cure, yeah. it might be closer to a warm bowl of soup, yeah. similar to Bound to from um, our Yeezus review. Yeah. Whereas I think the progression, at least from where it started with "I Am Trying to Break Your Heart" up to now, has been a bit more of a gradual procession from darkness. To brightness, back to darkness, and then try and get back into the light. Um, and this song does come out of the speakers as the clearest song on the album, production-wise, vocally. Uh, maybe not necessarily lyrically, because it is a little bit more complicated than uh, War on War. But it just sounds so beautiful, man. It's so good, dude. Like, I again, I knew about this song beforehand. But through repeated lessons, like, it just, I, I don't know what it is. Like, it's just a very comforting song. Mm. And I, like, I absolutely love it. I'm curious to see, like, how the songs are going to progress and, like, you know, you know, in terms of, like, my favorite songs of all time. Oh, wow. Because I've been constantly, like, spinning it. It is, it is a perfect track. It really is. And, but, but what's weird about it is that, in, in the context of this whole album, yeah, I would say it's probably the most out of place. Okay, because we we talked a lot about it feels like there's a lot about heartbreak and trying to find yourself. I feel like this track and and I, it, it's hard to say. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But I, I it's hard like, to say, but we'll get there. Yeah, but I. I, I when I say it's hard to say, like, it's easy to say, but I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, whenever it comes out, just let me know. Okay. Okay. So, I did do a little bit of lyrical deep diving. Not as hardcore as I'm trying to break your heart. So, we're not right. going to spend another 15, 20 minutes talking about this song. Okay. But, but I mean, we easily can because it's so freaking good. Um, but, song starts out. Very nice strings intro, like shows off the instrumentation and like you know the the compositional elements that Wilco does play with very well. And Tweedy's vocals are the strongest on the track. Um, 
so far in the album, which, I mean, you already said, like, hey, this is, like, the strongest, like, you know, that he's come across, like, the muffled vocals that you've uh, pointed out so far, and that I, I would agree with, mm-hmm. uh, are not on this specific song. Yeah. So the first verse is all about the narrator trying to comfort someone by relating to them the lyrics that um, really stand out to me are Jesus don't cry, you can rely on me you're right about the stars each one is a setting sun and that's basically saying like you know hey all the all the dreams like they eventually go away Mm. and I love like this isn't this might be one of my favorite love songs of all time because it's basically the narrator being like hey don't cry. You can rely on me. I'm going to be here with you. I can. I get it, man. I get it. Yeah. So the chorus, the main, like you know, uh, punchiness of this song, it gives a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to. Uh, again, album was recorded before 9/11, but the chorus goes: "Tall buildings shake, voices escape, singing sad, sad songs." Which somebody could read as like, oh, hey, he's talking about 9-11 in the World Trade Center. Yeah. The way that, if I try to remove that part of my brain out of there, uh, Tall Building Shake is talking about, like, you know, just people, like, you know, scraping up against each other. Mm-hmm. And the the rest of the course goes, tune chords strung down your cheeks, bitter melodies turning your orbit around. Not gonna, I'm gonna lie, I'm not sure what that exactly means. <laughs> and I'm the one who, like, deep dives everything. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like it, though. That, that course is very nice. Right, and it's presented so wonderfully. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, this song repeats so much, but I, I love it. Yeah. Like, it has that weekend effect of, I can't feel my face... Mm-hmm. Like that song basically repeats, but it is such a banger. The the, the band that I kind of got from this song, yeah. um, and the vibe I got from this, it's sort of like an old Oasis song, like like a Wonderwall or maybe even a Don't Look Back in Anger. Yeah, uh, it has a very like pop sheen to it. Yeah, um, a little melancholy, but at the same time hopeful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say Don't Look Back in Anger is probably a very good comparable song to this. Um, I would say, though, that this song is, you know, doesn't have the reek of, hey, these guys are trying to make millions of dollars. True, true, true. So, wrapping up the song, though, third verse is, like, the crux of the song. So the narrator is saying that our love is everything, even though we are all burning suns, like, you know, burning suns, giving a... You know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to that first verse about, like, you know, shooting songs being, like, setting songs. Like, even though, like, we're burning songs, like, we're eventually all going to die. Yeah. All that that truly matters is the love that we give. Mm. And, Mm. like, when we talk about, like, you know, perfect love songs, being there for somebody. Being like, hey, I know that life wasn't what, like, you know, you thought it was going to be. And just being like, hey, I know that we are all gonna die someday, but all that matters is human connection and the love that we give. Dude, like, so freaking good! 
<laughs> I cannot, <laughs> I cannot overstate how much I love this song. Yeah, and like even, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say that the one lyric that I, it's an obvious comparison um, would be the end of the Beatles' Abbey Road on the end. Yeah, where um, Paul McCartney says, and in the end. The love you make is equal to the love you take, or, 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 or I, back. I got, I got that backwards. Yeah, do the old Willy Wonka flipping and reverse it. The, the the love you take is equal to the love you make. There yeah. we go. Now yeah. I got it. Um, and honestly, this sounds more sincere than that. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, because again, with Paul McCartney, he was he was a master craftsman of pop. Yeah. So, in one sense, yes. He did have a lot of great lyrics that were introspective, but they weren't so introspective they were confusing. Yeah. That you wouldn't be like, okay, you know, you're, you're making it a little too complicated, I can't dance to this. Yeah. Whereas here, none of that applies, so this is a matter of just being as honest as you possibly can through song, yeah. and there you go. So, rounding out this song with the last lyric that I... Uh, like that basically kind of repeats. So the yeah. lyrics go: "Voices whine, skyscrapers are scraping together. Your voice is smoking. Last cigarette is all you can get. Turning your or- orbit around." And I'm I'm one who doesn't smoke. Neither are you. Correct. But the way that I was able to determine that, like, do you ever see like somebody smoking at nighttime on a porch by themselves? Yeah. It might be the equivalent of like you know, hey, your your last beer of the night, and you're basically like you know watching the TV by yourself, and like you know you maybe you've had a hard life, but like just that solace that you can get, like mm-hmm. hey, everything's gonna be okay, and like that just warm feeling, dude. Like holy cow, this song, <laughs> I can like oh, like. This is a song that John Mayer wishes that he could have written. Like, like I, I'm a fan of John Mayer, and Gravity's an awesome song, but this song blows us out of the water. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's probably... Um, it's, 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 I, I would say it's probably my favorite song on the album, easily. Yeah. Um, although not without competition, and we'll, and we'll get there. Okay. So, the next song... You, what... Are, you have anything else to say about Jesus? No, of no, I think it's just a matter of I'm gonna probably be listening to it a lot myself in the f- coming future. Oh, yeah. All right. So the next song is "Ashes of American Flags." Again, they record this before 9/11, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Oops, my bad." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you lead off this one because, okay. like, in my head, this is a very huge parallel to Radio Cures in terms of, like, you know, stylistic elements. Um, I could see that. It's definitely a little bit more scattered than Jesus, etc. It it leans a little t- more towards Radio Cure in that regard. Yeah, but I will say that the um again, the vocals on here are as clear as they are at Jesus, etc. The lyrics are probably. Maybe not quite as poignant, but they're definitely as stated yeah. as they are. Jesus, etc. This one's more about um, being critical of American living, and I, I think I think it's solid. I think it's solidly presented. Um, it does get a little dense toward the end of the track, where you know 
they start, I don't even call it soloing. I don't think there's a single legit solo on this album. Um, or there might be a couple. I, I was going to, I would disagree with that with I'm the man who loves you. Okay, yeah, that's, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. But not on this song. Okay. This one's more like it just sort of goes through the chord changes and, you know, gets a little bit back into the murk. But it, it, it makes sense because it contextualizes the frustration that the protagonist of the song is having towards American lifestyles. Yeah. Um, and I like it. I like it. I I will say I liked it more the first time I listened to it than the second time. Because I thought, okay, I get it. It, it, it does drag a little bit in the second half of the song. Like, it comes out swinging and then just kind of, like, goes off on a tangent musically and then comes back and is like, oh, yeah, well, we were singing a song. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can agree with that, man. Uh, I would say, compared this to Radio Cure, I like this a little bit better. Same. But, like, the way I, like, I was able to, like, you know, at least, you said, like, this song is, like, somewhat critiquing, like, the American lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is just Jeff Tweedy just going through, like, an average American day. Like, the opening lyrics are talk about him taking money out of a cast machine, spending uh, yeah. $3.67 on a Diet Cola and, uh, like, cigarettes. And, hey, like, why why, why are we listening to uh, poets when, when nobody gives a, a hoot? Yeah. Like, it's a very apathetic approach to, like, you know, life. It's, it's, it, I, I wouldn't even say it's apathetic as much as it is cynical. I, I, it's, it's more or less like, yeah, you know, or, I wouldn't even say cynical, more like condescending, I would say. No, I, I think cynical would be, an, like, a very appropriate label yeah, for it. Yeah, because you can almost, like, if I were to read these lyrics aloud without having heard the tune before, yeah. like, I would just be like, Oh, I guess I'll go out today and buy myself a Diet Coke and you know, put some money in ATM, I guess. <laughs> so, Which is kind of how this song plays out. Yeah. And I, the the refrain, the way that I was able to take uh, away from the chorus and the refrain is the lyric goes, All my lives are all always wishes. I wish I would die if I could come back new. I, I So... Basically, this might be just Jeff Tweedy talking about, like, hey, all of my lies are just stuff that I wish that can happen, and wishing that he could die if he can come back and be just wanted to start over, man. Yeah. So, it's a, it's kind of, it might, well, I feel like that might take elements of, like, lyrical themes of camera and just make it into, like, a slower, like, if camera and Radio Cure had a baby... Like, song. It would be the song. Well, if that's the case, then, you know, it, at least the parents did a good job of raising the child to a better world, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, other than it just being an open song, I, 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 can, I can get behind it. Not one of my favorites off the album, which is interesting to say because I feel like the big songs off of this album are I'm Trying to Break Your Heart, mm-hmm. Jesus, etc., Ashes of American flags, and I feel in war and war. Like those are the big songs. If people were to, if the, if we're talking about like heavyweight contenders, like those are the big songs off the album. Gotcha. So, but you have anything else to talk about? Ashes of American flags? Mm, not really. I think that's pretty much. Uh, 
I, I agree with what you said. You know, it, it's it, it sounds big, but it's not super big. I can get behind that. All right, heavy metal drummer. Heavy metal drummer. Heavy metal drummer. I'll let you start this one. So you were talking about like how you did not care for the whiplash of just track flow between I'm trying to break your heart and camera. Yeah. I didn't, like, at first listen of, like, deep dive in this album, I did not care about the whiplash between Ashes of American Flags and Heavy Metal Drummer. Really? Because it went from, like, hey, super, like, you know, like, um, <sighs> dense and literally, like, what you were talking about to, like, oh, completely 180. Yeah. It, like, it wasn't until, like, I listened to, like, you know, the, the next couple tracks off the album that I'm like, oh, they're just changing directions for the next of several yeah. songs. So. Right. And I think that's where I, I, in context, like, well, I will say the first time I listened to it, like, I didn't even have any thoughts of regret or rancor. I was just like, cool. This, this is, this is upbeat. I like this. Yeah. And, it's it it definitely is a bit of whip. I wouldn't say it's as much whiplash though, because um, at least for as off putting and dark as Ashes of American Flags was, yeah. at least it was a bit more structured than it, it was. It was it was structured and not as murky. Yeah. Like it was still a little bit of murk in there, but it wasn't as murky as I am trying to break your heart. Yeah. So I think coming out of this into heavy metal drummer wasn't so much of a whiplash um that being said though i would say this track is probably very much in the top four for me on this album okay um because it it it, we've talked before particularly with black country new road about the idea of uh presenting you know songs presenting an image like whenever someone sings it, you can imagine what they're going through yeah this song does that for me. Okay. Like, I can imagine this guy hanging out with... And granted, I'm a little biased because I sort of did this one summer. You know, hanging out with friends and, um, you know... Going you, you, fell in love, you fell in love with the drummer? I did not fall in love with the drummer. <laughs> but, but, I, I, I envisioned... Because I, I went to a few metal shows um, when I was... A, before my uh, senior year of high school, yeah. and it was during the summer, and then it sort of invoked memories of that, just sort of this carefree atmosphere. Um, and I do love also the uh, thematic ironies here of how this song is very um, uh, upbeat and almost poppy and almost uh, not techno-based, but very electronic-sounding. Yeah. Um, talking about heavy metal, which is very much not that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a song that goes ba 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 ba, talking about you know bands that go. I love that irony. I love it. I'm gonna break your heart. Uh oh. This is your least favorite song on the album, isn't it? No, Radio Cure is still my least favorite. Like. This is my second to least favorite. Okay. <laughs> so, it's in my bottom two. Okay. okay. 
again, uh, not as, like, you know, when I talk about, like, not liking the song, like, for those of you who have listened to our Kanye West episode, which, little inside baseball, it drops tomorrow, but this is Ryan talking maybe, like, three to four weeks in the future, so, but, yeah, the episode actually drops tomorrow from the date of, like, us recording this. Yes. I don't even know why I mentioned that, man. It's hey, like... You know what? It's, it's a nice little nugget for people to be like, oh, so that's what they... Oh. Yeah. If they care. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like whenever I listen to, like, fantasy hockey podcasts and go talk about games that have already been finished. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, that, that they are watching at the time. <laughs> yeah. Anywho... It's... Uh, when I talk about, like, heavy metal uh, drummer, like... I don't have a visceral reaction to it compared to, like, how I had a reaction to I'm in it. Like, my brain does not short-circuit. It just... This song's not for me. And, like, the whole chorus of, like, fell in love with the drummer, fell in love with the drummer, like, like, it doesn't do it for me. Like... I get that. Yeah. And, like, it just... I feel like this song... This is, for those of you who listened to our Talking Heads episode, this is the swamp. Ooh. Where I'm like, Ooh. if this was done by any other band, I would be okay with. Even if this was, like, Wilco in, like, a different album setting, like, I can get behind. But it's just, like, I, I'm even questioning at some points, is this actually Wilco that I'm listening to? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. See, I, I I will disagree with you on that. I I know what you mean, but I will disagree with you on this basis. Yeah. And I will admit it's basically the basis I had going to this. Because again, I really didn't know anything about Wilco going into this, other than they were an indie rock band, and this was an album released in two thousand two. Yeah. But because of that, because I thought to myself, okay, this is early indie rock, like. Indie rock would blow up a little later down the decade, yeah. like towards the end of the aughts and into the tens. Yeah. Um, so my thought, and, and from what I heard too, like a lot of this album was very much um, Wilco basically throwing in like everything but the kitchen sink, trying something new to like get away from what they'd been doing. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if they try a bunch of different stuff on here, expect that. Expect them to sort of go all over the place and you know if they make weird changes because er, they, they'd been doing this earlier on in the album too yeah like without that context okay so i'm not by, by this point i wasn't as shaken by the whiplash and again the the, the transition for me and, and and i understand that definitely does sound more poppy than anything else on this album perhaps yeah. anything in their careers yeah um, but again for me personally i like it if you compare, like, our listening styles together, like, I didn't mind the transition between I'm Trying to Break Your Heart and Camera. Yeah. And it's because I actually, well, I uh, looked into, like, you know, I, I, I zeroed in on the lyrics and tried to get the meaning right. off of that. And compare this to, like, you know, what we're, the transition that we're currently talking about, how the production, like, not the... Not the production elements, but, like, you know, just the overall sound of it. Yeah. And the overall feel and how, like, it makes you feel. Yeah. Like, that's something that you really gravitated towards. Like, I was just like, oh, she fell in love with the drummer. She fell in love with the drummer. Like, I'm like, 
Not for me, man. So, (laughs) so if anybody's taken away from anything about this podcast, like, yes, me and Matt are disagreeing right now, but it's because we're coming from two different standpoints. Right, and that's, yeah. If he basically said that he was into I'm in it by Kanye West in our last ep, in our, one of our previous episodes, I would have been like, is your brain okay? Yeah, like, <laughs> you need a hug. <laughs> so, are you ready to move on? Yes. All right. So the next song is "I, the Man Who Loves You," another good, possibly great track. Yeah, one of my uh, favorites off the album. So, and not too much in terms of like you know lyrical depth, but like this is where Jeff Tweedy really starts flexing his muscles as a good guitar player. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah this, this is the the. I would say this is the rockiest song on the album. Like yeah. it, it rocks the hardest. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just a good, straightforward track. Um, simpler than the likes of Jesus, etc. Um, probably about as simple as War on War. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it it just. I, I will say the one thing, and I know this is what I was been trying to like avoid spoiling. So when I was talking about how Jesus, etc., sort of divvied away from what the album was about. Yeah. The first few songs it felt were about like heartbreak and confusion. Yeah. Whereas I think the songs in the middle were a bit more focused and they were talking about things like politics and yeah. religion or at least at the very least they were inferring them. Yeah. Whereas I think starting with heavy metal drummer and definitely more so on this track, yeah. um, it sort of goes back to the concept of love and the concept of um, reality. Um or at least trying to find love or being in love. Yeah. So why? So it feels like, again, the other stuff deviates from that, and I'm not sure if like if that breaks up the flow of the album, or if again, like I said before, this is just the band putting out what it just wants to, and it just happened to fall like this. I can get behind that, man. I can get behind it. Like you can definitely tell. Like there's sections of this album where, like you know, hey, mm-hmm. this is the first section. Here's a different theme, and here's a different theme. Because even, like, the last two songs, Poor Places and Reservations, like, they kind of, like, you know, coincide with, the, like, a certain kind of feeling. Yeah. But, yeah, the song, I'm the Man Who Loves You, like, it's basically the narrator saying, like, hey, I tried to put pen to paper, like, writing you a, lover, uh, a love letter, mm-hmm. but I'd rather just take you by the hand and show you that I'm the man who loves you. Yeah. And that's basically it. Like, other than that, like, it really, it's more of a a jam session between, like, the instrumentation of, like, you know, the guitars and the the horn lines, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. and at the very end, that just, this is Jeff Tweedy being like, hey, I can guitar solo. Right. (laughs) I can rock with the best of them. It's not all sadness and overdubs. So, moving on. Moving on. Yeah. No, no disrespect to that song. Fantastic song. I feel like, again, a- another big song off the album. Mm-hmm. I- I'm the man who loves you. Ashes of the American flags. Um, Jesus, etc. Jesus, etc. I'm trying to break your heart. Yeah, like those are the big heavyweight songs. Like those would be the songs that would probably be released as singles. Yeah, I'm curious to see if they actually were ever released. As I singles. would severely doubt it. <laughs> Because the the, uh, the other thing is, this album was released on a label called None Such Records, yeah, which I think was an indie label, yeah. So it was probably not the intent to release singles from this, but I don't know. We'll, we'll look that up after the fact, man. So pot 
kettle black. Pot, Pot kettle, kettle black. <laughs> so, oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> do not edit that out, Matt. Alright, that's fine. <laughs> So, song just, it starts off just riding the high of that last track, and like how like it basically ended with a jam session. Like, this song basically talks about like, Jeff Tweedy looking introspective, realizing, hey, I have faults within myself. Why aren't, why, uh, why, why aren't other people like, you know, seeing faults in themselves? So I'm never gonna be the one to call the 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 kettle black. Mm. Yeah, interesting. What what are your thoughts on this song? Um, I thought it was okay. I, I will say, as far as the uh, the back end of this album, this really didn't stand out to me as much. Yeah. Um, again, it, not that it's bad. It just sort of it's there, and like you say, it, ri- it rides that high. It starts to make that transition back from uh, this. Uh, feeling of love and feeling of seeking romance back towards you know it, it, it goes from everything's fine and everything's awesome to is it fine is it awesome yeah and i think this track is more or less an effective way of transitioning into what would be the last couple of tracks on this album yeah so are you ready to move on to uh, poor places yes so i gotta know what are your thoughts on this song on this song, I think it um, it does a nice job harkening back to the thoughts and feelings of the first track on the album, mm-hmm. and I think in a sense, it is, um, again, we, we, we just watched Sleepaway Camp for the first time in a long time the other night. Awesome movie, 10 out of 10. No notes. And without spoiling too much, at the start of the movie, you're introduced to a world that is not fully understood until you've watched the rest of the movie. Yeah. In a sense, this is reaching the climax of the love section of the album where um, Mr. Tweedy is basically starting to realize and have doubts or just going through thoughts that are confusing and he's unsure of himself, he's unsure of his relationship, and... If that's not what the lyrics are directly on a sonic level, on a production level, that's definitely what it is. Got to be honest with you, like I, I, in terms of like lyrical themes off of here, sorry, while wow, that pizza's coming up, <laughs> uh, curious to see how much you're going to include in the uh, post edit here. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, but. Now, uh, I just feel that the lyrics are a bit scatterbrained, but they do feature a focus on uh, loss and longing. Not entirely, like, you know, maybe one of my favorites off of the album so far, but I would say not a bad way to, like, you know, start the ending of the album. No. Yeah. But, again, not much I can really say about it other than that, like... There are specific lyrics that I really like, and the lyric goes, I, I know this isn't what you were wanting me to say. Oh, wait, no, 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 that's in reservation, sorry, I'm getting my notes mixed <laughs> up here. <laughs> but no, the lyric is, his bandage is wrapped too tight, his fangs have been pulled, and I just really want to see you tonight. It might be just really about, like, hey, like, the aggressiveness and, like, you know, the... 
a hunger and like the danger that this person's had. Not yeah. like they've just been taken away, and he just really wants to see his significant other. Yeah. Right. I will go a little bit further though, because I won't. This, this is the closest I'm going to do to a deep dive on this album. You mentioned that chorus. It switches later on the song. Yeah. Where you talk about his yeah. hand, his bandages are wrapped too tight. Yeah. His fangs been removed. He switches that to I yeah. towards the end of the song. Okay. So it could be interpreted as he's fighting with himself and he's fighting with his own demons and he might be fighting with another persona within him. Yeah. And he sees his significant other as a source of reality, comfort, stability. Yeah. I can get behind that, man. I can get behind that. Yeah, and that, that's why I think this does sort of place a nice transition between the end of the album and the start of the album, if you want to loop it around. Yeah. Um, and the couple songs before, which were more about um, love and a feeling of freshness and uh, hope, and hope springs eternal in a sense. Yeah. And at the very end of this song here, this is where you get the uh, the name drop of the album. Yeah. The radio sample of, like, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. And I don't know. I, I like the ending of the song, how, like, you know, that just kind of, like, you know, culminates. And, like, it's just a very chaotic end to it. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in hindsight, the theory that you stated at the top about... Uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, YHF, you have failed. Yeah. Does kind of make a little sense here. Yeah. Because maybe this that's his realization of, you have failed. You have failed in this relationship. You have failed in making yourself happy and your significant other happy. Man. Ready to move on to the last track? Let's do it. Reservations. So this is up there with Jesus, etc. being like a perfect love song. Oh, wow. Yeah. In terms of, like, it being super straightforward, there's not an ounce of lyrical deep diving that you can do here. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that's how you feel, but, like, with lyrics of how can I convince you it's me I don't like and not be so indifferent to the look in your eyes. Like, mm. yeah. What's your thoughts, dude? Uh, again, I just think... I didn't catch those yeah. on the first listen. I gotta be honest with you, I didn't catch them on the second listen. Yeah. Um, because I think, again, this is progressing or regressing, if you want to say it, yeah. back towards the Merc. So the overall feeling by the end of this album is just, okay, this guy is reeling. So, and, and because you were already used to what he was like at the beginning with. Uh, I'm trying to break your heart. It, it feels like he's going back to that, and depending on your outlook of really your own philosophy, you know, if you if you hear that murk, you're thinking, okay, maybe I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. So I'm just gonna let this track pass by. Yeah. Um, which, to be honest, I kind of did. I'm, I'll probably have to go back and listen to it, yeah. or at the very least, look up the lyrics and be like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. But aesthetically, I do think it's a, a very solid album closer. Yeah. Um. That does make everything seem full circle and present the um, climax of that back end of the album that makes the rest of the album, particularly the first part of the album, come more into focus. Yeah, yeah. 
and how like the like the song ends like it's it's another long song like i think it's like seven or eight minutes not 10 minutes i'm, I'm not gonna make that mistake again <laughs> however like the lyrics are basically done the the majority of the instrumentation is done like halfway through like yeah. the rest is just like this spacey kind of outro yeah. not not spacey but like you know very spring and like you know very opening kind of mm-hmm. thing it almost reminds me and again this might be a very poor reference point but it's almost like the ending of the Barbie movie where Barbie like steps into this void with that older lady. Yeah. And, and you're getting what I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah. So like you're just kind of wondering what on earth is going on. Yeah. And you're just as confused as the protagonist is. Yeah. Well, not even that. Maybe like just the sense of like rebirth. So Okay. Yeah. I, I can get that. Yeah. Or I, but I wouldn't even call it rebirth. I would say it's more of a realization yeah. that this is where it is there's no turning back now man so you got anything else to say about Yankee Hotel Foxtrot by Wilco before we uh, give out our next album recommendations rate it and uh, send us off yeah I, I really don't have much more to say about that I will say that overall well I'll, I'll get to that with my rating okay okay so I, I'll I'll do my rating first, okay, and then you'll do your rating, yeah, and then we can bounce back and forth between our next album recommendations, yeah. So when I initially did my deep dive of this, I gave it a seven out of ten. Like, I, there's some excellent songs, but there are some songs that kind of drag. Mm-hmm. In, in my uh, honest um, estimation, I would be maybe willing to bump it up, maybe just a hair to like maybe a seven point five or an eight out of ten. Okay. Just because of just some of the songs that I thought dragged, like the first time I listened to like "Ashes of the American Flag," yeah, like I thought that song dragged. Now revisiting it, I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And like even at the end of "I Am Trying to Break Your Heart" and like how he does that wink, wink, nudge, nudge to "I'm the Man Who Loves You," yeah, I didn't catch it the first time. So, but eh, I, I'm I'm gonna stick with an eight out of ten. I'm gonna fully commit. Eight out of ten, okay. yeah, and. Um, like, there's excellent, excellent songs like I'm Trying to Break Your Heart, Jesus, etc. I'm the Man Who Loves You, and a couple other moments in here where the album really pops. There's a couple spots for me where it kind of does drag, like, Radio Cures, and, like... Heavy Metal Drummer. Heavy, heavy Metal Drummer, It's it doesn't drag, it just... It, it, it just feels very off to you. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It, it's not my cup of tea. So, okay. but, overall, excellent album. Would I revisit it again in the future? Maybe. Am I gonna do another, uh, will I explore more, more vocal albums? Kind of be honest with you, more, more than likely not. Like, okay. like, I might be morbidly curious and like, check out, not morbidly curious, but like, just curious <laughs> as a whole. Maybe check out like, a couple other ones, but like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Faintly curious. Yeah. Would I ever see him live in concert? No, not really. Right. That's fair. Um, I would say my overall view of the album is that it's more good than bad, but it's more important than good. Um, because, again, this was one of the first modern indie rock albums that really went into the feeling of, we're going to just do whatever the hell we want and put it on record and see what happens. Uh, which I give them a lot of credit for. Yeah. Um, 
but after that, I would say that there's a few standout tracks like Jesus, etc. For me, but heavy metal drummer, um, the man that loves you, yeah. um, which are good tracks that I'll probably listen to in rotation over the next couple months or so. Um, overall, I probably I might come back to this album. Um, I will say the live performance I saw beforehand was actually pretty cool. Yeah. So I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Wilco live. Uh, overall, I would say 7.5 solid. With oh. the, po- the .5 for uh, importance purposes. Otherwise, it would be a 7. I got nervous. I thought you were going to rate it like below 7. I was going like, oh, no, 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 no. You're, you're going to try to break my heart. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, and see, this is, this is the part of the series where we have to start watching ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Because, like... In, in, in my brain, I was like, how low can I go with this? I was like, you gave Jesus a six. This is better than Jesus. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> yeah, true. It's all, it's nice having like that reference point, man. I think yeah. I gave Jesus a five. So, you did. So yeah. you, you have a little bit more leg room than I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of the next album recommendations... Uh, one based al- on this album, right? Yeah, based on this album. Okay. Not like our next episode. Because it's Matt's turn to pick after this episode. I would say there is an album by Kings of Leon called Because of the Times that I jammed to a lot in college mm-hmm. that it kind of does have the elements of, like, you know... Uh, like the bare bones structure to it mm. and it it does a little bit better job of like you know just presenting clear songs and it's a, it's a much better album than this one yeah so if you like this album if you know about this album and you like it and you don't know about the kings of leon album jump to that one next yeah yeah that that would be my my recommendation okay um i'm wrestling between a couple here uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little bit of a left turn here. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go way back to the year of 1969. Ooh. And an album by the Velvet Underground. Ooh. Called the Velvet Underground. It is their self-titled de- or not debut? Um, I think it's their third album. Yeah. Um, not the Banana one. That was their first one with Nico. This one does not have Nico. It is a uh, black and white cover or grayscale, I guess. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of songs on there that reminded me because I di- I did think a couple times this guy's voice, uh, uh, Jeff Tweedy, yeah. sounds a little bit like Lou Reed. Yeah. And so I was reminded of songs like uh, "Beginning to See the Light," um, especially "Pale Blue Eyes," yeah. um, which I thought of immediately when I f- listened to. I think it was. Um, Ashes of American Flags, where I had that thought. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of get artsy and a little bit uh, dense sonically. Um, so I would say that would be my recommended album, The Velvet Underground. Nice, nice. Do you know the... I, I know we talked a little bit on and off air. Yeah. A- any idea what the next episode's going to be? If not, it's cool. We can leave people in suspense. Uh, yeah, let's, let's leave them in the dark. Okay. Because I, I still need a little bit of time to think about it. I will say uh, my next album choice is going to be similar to your choice this time around. Which is an album that neither of us have listened to. The only difference is I'm picking it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, any other th- any other thoughts about what we'll call this album before I, we send us out here? Um, just hey, um, if you like this episode and you liked any of our uh, other ones, you know, give us a like, tell a friend, share it on our socials. Tell your uh, neighbor's dog about us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, 
Yeah, just make sure that you rate this podcast uh, on your podcasting platform or choice. It does do wonders of like you know like how we can grow the show. Yeah, give us a perfect rating because we are perfect people. <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't think that, feel free to leave a comment. Tell us what we can do better. And. <laughs> If you have an idea for a future episode, feel free to hit us up at our email, uh, tthaylisten at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to find us on any social media platforms, the uh, handle is tthaylisten. Yeah, and if you guys, you know, aren't able to find us on your podcasting platform of choice, feel free to hit us up and I'll try to see if I can add us to, like, you know, the random uh, platform that you're using. However, again, thanks for listening to this episode. And that's pretty much it. That's it. Don't try the ribs. Don't try the ribs. They might break your heart.